All right, Mr. Bat, we are back in action. I believe this is episode 54. Should be. I think 53 it is. or 54? I think it's 54. Yeah, 53 was finding your coral. Your coral. Man, it's, um, how have you been this week? Um, mostly, mostly pretty fine. No, I was, I was, um, I'm super good. I spent the weekend with my family in Oberstdorf and it snowed so heavy between Thursday and Sunday, mm. like, um, down in the valley in Oberstdorf, there's like, um, one and a half meters of snow laying um, and it was beautiful because I haven't experienced that in a long time because the past winters have never been that snowy. Right. Um, and I really enjoyed that. It was my little brother's birthday. Oh, and that's since nice. he, he could not have, he's, he got 12 and pivotal year. That's a pivotal yes. year. <laughs> and, um, my family was, was super sweet about it because, um, in this age, when you, because of the corona situation, you can't see most of your friends all year and you can't have your your typical birthday party you have at that age. I don't know. Right. Some some joint activity plus a plus a nice um fast food dinner or whatever you do yeah. at this age. And so um my parents basically set up when it got dark on Saturday, was it was his birthday on Saturday, set up a campfire in the garden in between the snow, and we would oh, um man. That's so we nice. would grill we would grill um sausages on on wooden sticks over the open fire. <laughs> oh man. Did he love it? And that was super sweet. He really loved it, yeah. Man, that's kind of You know, I didn't even think about that, uh, especially even having worked at this school uh until summertime last year, but man, it must no. be so hard for for kids to have like really special birthdays during this whole thing. Yeah, and in general what I also didn't think about like um I don't know what it what it would have done to me not seeing my very close friends mm. for a very long time because it's just, it's basically mostly the same rule. So he, he basically can see one friend um, from time to time. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard. Does it? Does this friend um, like live nearby, or what's the situation? Just so it's Oberstdorf. Basically, every friend lives nearby. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But 12 years old, what did he get as a gift? Um, he got the... Um, he recently has been introduced into the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. And he watched the, the old trilogy um, with me and watched um, episode one last week, I guess. And my mom made him a, a Star Wars cake. And oh. instead of candles, it had little Lego um, lightsabers on it. Oh, that's sweet. And um, Anakin Skywalker from episodes one to three um, and R2-D2 mm-hmm. as Lego figures and got the the ship with it, like Anakin Skywalker's um, spaceship. Oh man, that's super cool. Plus he got the the Zelda game for the Switch, which I am pretty jealous oh, of. Oh, Breath of the Wild. Yes, sir. I have that one too. I know. <laughs> you know, whenever you finally get your own And he Switch, didn't let me play it, so you got to do it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we have a gaming day booked soon, and you can definitely try it. And I was going to say, as soon as you get your own Switch, you can definitely borrow it. 
it's funny that, <laughs> that it, it's funny that you bring up the switch actually because i i told uh, my friend ben that when i finished super mario odyssey that he could finally borrow it because he has a switch no and what i discovered was and i'm not going to bore I'm not going to bore people too much with this because I know not everyone's really into video games, but what I find really interesting about this particular game is that there's four... There's So basically, Super Mario or Zelda? If I had to choose between them? No, no. Which one do you mean? I'm talking about, about Mario. Okay. So there's this... The, the most recent 3D Mario game for the Switch was called um, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. For anyone who knows like historical 3D Mario games, basically like there's the thir- there's like the four ultimate Mario 3Ds, which is 64, of course, which everyone from my generation grew up with. Then there's Super Mario Sunshine. Then there's Super Mario Galaxy that came out with the Wii. And yeah. now for the Switch, there's uh, Odyssey. And it's just an endlessly enjoyable, crazy open world kind of game. And it's it's really challenging and it's really beautiful. And what I wanted to say was I told Ben that he could borrow it, borrow it when I finished it. And then what I realized was that over the, so I got it for November of, I got it on my birthday in November last year. And I realized that like already over Christmas time, I had, I assumed, I thought that I had already beat the game. So, you know, you mm-hmm. get through like the, you know, the final bosses and then with any sort of video game, you get like the toughest matches are at the end and then you get this nice credit sequence where, you know, the creators of the game thank you for playing it and they show some nice video with your your highlights and stuff. And I thought, oh man, I can't believe I already beat this game. I was looking forward to playing this game for so long and I've already beat it. That's kind of disappointing. Like, I can't believe it no. was so easy. And then I I Googled the game and I thought, I'm missing something here. And there's four alternate endings. Oh. So the game, it's really unique. I think this is actually kind of a great design. The game isn't built around its own ideas, kind of, or like its own challenges. The game is built around what kind of player that you are. So there's four Mm -hmm. endings uh, created for whatever kind of gamer that you are. And so the first kind of ending was the one that is for the average player. Like the the seasoned okay. player and the beginner, they wanted you to find that ending, like to have fun and to be able to get to that main ending and feel completed and like, yeah, and probably have this kind of kind of achievement because exactly, um, I never was a like a like a um like a regular uh, gamer, yeah. And what really annoyed me that I played so much games and I came to a point where I where I got stuck in the in the plot somewhere. And couldn't finish a quest or something. Yeah. And but I didn't play that often to repeat often enough to 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 overcome that. And so there are many <clears throat> games I never actually finished. Yeah, I had the same issue with the 64, even. There was like I wonder if I even achieved like every single star of the original no. Mario 64, because it's so it go you know, there's it's so many mysteries and like secret doors and stuff that you don't find until years later and stuff, but um, my thing was I always just wanted to try as many games as I could, so I would just jump in, play like half of the challenges, and then move on. No. Um, but with this one, what I really like about it is these alternate endings because where I'm at right now is the what they call the completionist. So I discovered how to access like what you need to achieve to get to these new endings, and I'm finally, <laughs> I'm finally at the last 
the last final crazy mission that you have to go okay. through to end the game for real. Yeah, and the whole thing. Dude, and I have never, I have never seen Mario <laughs> like this. Okay. I mean, even if you don't play games, you know Mario, you just, you know, you just run and jump on stuff. It's really simple. Yeah. But what this final thing does, what I love about this game is that it incorporates everything sort of modern and progressive about 3D Mario gaming. And it combines that with everything that the older generations would love from like the old 1985 platform jumping 8-bit mm-hmm. Mario. And so what this final mission does is it incorporates like 20 years of Mario into one long mission. So you're traveling, you know, into tunnels and you come out and you're the little tiny Mario from 1985 and jumping and then you go through like another tunnel and then you're 3D Mario again and you have some crazy new task that you you did in your first mission and you have to repeat it now, but it's more difficult. And yeah, I, I, I don't have to go on and on about it, but for those who enjoy... If you enjoy gaming and you like the Nintendo games, man, Mario Odyssey is just spectacular. Nice. But that reminds me of, I don't know if this has been been a thing um, for you growing up in the States, but when I was around the age of my little brother, like between 10 and 13 or something, um, there was this this, um, thing about books where you could choose the plot basically so after oh, yeah. i don't know every chapter or after two chapters there's like would you decide to open that door or um i don't know run away or something then read read further on page 74 if you choose to do that read further on page 36 i don't know yeah yeah choose your own adventure books yeah but i but it uh, it annoyed me too <laughs> too fast because what i did is i read all endings first <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> I don't know, but because I I always had this thing, and I I don't do it anymore when I when I read books. But until I was, I would say sixteen or something, what I would do is before I start a book, I would read the last page, only the last page of the book. Really? Yeah, and then um and then start from the beginning. Can you tell me a book where you read the last page and it encouraged you to read the book? Yeah, sure. Um, like basically all uh, all Harry Potter books. Wait, as a child. Wait, come on, man! Like I can understand when you come up to like a classic book. I think I even did this when I was maybe fifteen or something with Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. I think I looked at the last page and yeah. if I liked how things, you know, whoever these people were, if it summed up in a way that I thought was kind of cool, then I would read it. I think I did it with that book, but with with Harry Potter, man, it's an anthology. You know, the, <laughs> like the whole book is like, will he overcome this obstacle? And then you read the last page and it's like, now that we've overcome this obstacle, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I um, I thought about this, and I I think I was always a guy who's more interest in the in the path somewhere than the actual outcome. Is that the same for movies as well, or just books? Uh, just books, <laughs> because um, I didn't have the chance to develop that because um, back then you didn't have really have that easy um 
skipping options that you have nowadays with um, with Netflix and Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or whatever. Mm. Um, and so it would be it would be more difficult to I don't know watch the last thirty seconds and then start. You know what I mean? You're right. You'd have to like uh, I don't know if you still had yeah. VHS when you were yeah, young. So yeah, yeah. So like having the little like gray and black lines like, yeah. and then going back like no i didn't i didn't do that only only with <laughs> only with books and i also did it and like as it also a series but where I, where i really liked it was um was game of thrones because um there was were so many like the plot has so many without spoiling anyone who attends to to read it still but in every book there are so many um unexpected plot twists and whatever right and um and so many characters yeah so that would would tease me even more to read the rest oh that's interesting like if i had to 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 analyze myself as a reader i think um i did this sometimes to to encourage myself more when i when i read um longer books thicker books to 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 read all the way through very fast yeah. Because maybe f- find this one detail on the last page, um, and I may- probably know what the book is all about, and I immediately wonder, okay, how 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 does it come that we end here? Did you guys? And so it would tease me even even more, and so I would, and so I was even more encouraged to to power through all of the book. I can understand that. I can understand that. I mean, I think every kid or every person, really, in general, needs their own different motivations to get through a book like whether or not they think they have to read it for some reason or because they they know that it will make them feel better if they do for me reading books completely goes in waves sometimes i find a book by someone that i really want to read and i just burn through it man like i burn through it i think the the last two books that i read so passionately was in 2018 in the summer I read The Circle by Dave Eggers. Mm-hmm. Man, what an incredible book. I don't I, I don't I'm sure it's also great in German because the story is so cool but no. in English the, the the terminology and the it's like really good sci-fi and I, when sci-fi is cool like that I can really really get into it like Fahrenheit 451 or Things like that. I can really, really love it. Kurt Vonnegut. I bought some new Kurt Vonnegut books. I'm really pumped to read. Nice. But um if you're if you're if you're down for it, I think that would make for a great artsy fartsy topic here. Mm-hmm. Like growing up with um with books in 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 America versus uh here in Germany. And this could be pretty interesting because besides um like the the film industry. Germany traditionally has a very strong um, book market and and history with great authors. Yeah. So it's not like okay, basically with movies we watch watched most of the same stuff because most of those movies came from America. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So do you mean like um, like do you mean you want to talk about what kinds of books that i got into as a young age and what books you got into like what was exposed yeah to and, and what were what were like trends that i don't know kids would like many kids would read etc you know those 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 kind of things like right because there are always books like okay every seven year old or no maybe nine year old or whatever has to read this and that and right. whatever i feel like everyone in the whole world read 
the Harry Potter books, of course, that's still so popular. It's unbelievable. No. Um, so I read all of those. For me, actually, I saw the first Harry Potter film first. The In England, they call it the Philosopher's Stone, but we had the Sorcerer's Stone. Ah, because I watched the first movie a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I also read the book in English once, mm-hmm. and the book was called Falafel Stone, mm-hmm. but the movie was called Sorcerer Stone. So that's the the British English versus American English right thing. Okay, because I thought, why did they change the name for the movie? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I had never ever ever heard the Philosopher's Stone until long after Harry Potter had gone on for years already. So I saw it okay. online or something somewhere and was like, what is this? <laughs> um, I saw that film first and then I got jazzed about the books, man. I remember going to going to the stores with my mom like really early in the morning as soon as, I, I think it was when Order of the Phoenix came out, the fifth book. Yeah. Man, I ran to the store first thing and uh and what's the sixth one is it definitely hollows or is that yeah what's the no 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 that's it's the, the seventh um, one. that's the, uh, what's the the is it called the half-blood prince the half-blood sure. prince that's it yeah. man i was so obsessed with these books it was so crazy no. so i think everyone read those um and a, th- a lot of the girls at my school read the Twilight Saga. But I didn't get into that at all. I was, but that is yeah. basically a, a German story, isn't it? Twilight? Isn't, is that German? Isn't the, the author a German? I gotta look that up. I thought it was an American woman or a British woman. Or do I miss things up here because... What's the... Who's the author? Oh no, she only has a kind of German name <laughs> because she's, she's called Stephanie Meyer. Ah, that's a very German name. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Stephanie but Meyer. Uh, she, but she's American. <laughs> okay, so it's like <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, so I, I was trying to think of like, well, you know, I wanted to ask, there's this one cool thing that they did at my school when I was really young, when I was in elementary school, and it was to try and get all the kids my age to read more and it was this motivational technique where they they asked all the kids if they read a certain amount of books from the library you would have a stamp card and when it was marked to a certain amount then you could take that stamp card and exchange it for like a voucher to you know whatever rest whatever restaurants participated so I remember one time I read whatever X amount of books in elementary school, and then it gave me like a stamp card for Pizza Hut. And I went mm-hmm. and got, I don't know, some cheesy breadsticks or a small pizza or something with my mom. But did you guys have anything like that? I mean, I guess you guys we don't We had need... that, but not that American. So you would not get <laughs> food. <laughs> like, uh, like, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get a, a, a pizza or something. <laughs> but you... You missed out, brother. <laughs> you, you, would get, you would get like a, a, a funny looking pencil from your teacher or something. We had that too. We had that too. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. I, I th- like the, the every week, like the end of the week reading rewards were kind of like, you know, the long bendy eraser. With a really long, like, foot-long bendy eraser or, uh, like, a slinky or some cool, like, mechanical pencils with crazy colors or something. 
But then, I don't know, then they, I forgot what the program was called. They did it for years, but yeah, you would read X amount and then you would, um, yeah, then you would get some sort of voucher for the town participated, but. No, I, but I don't think. remember, I don't remember that many reading activities in elementary school because I was kind of a reading nerd <laughs> in that oh, yeah? age. Um, and my, my mom thought about, thought about, um, that I would skip first grade because I could read before I came to elementary school and I started the first Harry Potter book before I got to first grade. You were reading first Harry Potter at like five years old? Yeah, I I started it. Wow, man. And so I, I wasn't really into what, (laughs) what we were, um, were given by by our teachers, etc. But there, there was the, there were all of these things to um, to to make the kids read more. Dude, ah, man, this is crazy to hear that you were reading Harry Potter at five years old. I mean, I was at this school working with Year One, who was six years old, and teaching these kids the alphabet. That's so crazy. Oh, I mean, your mom's a teacher. That yeah, probably the- helped a lot. Yeah. And you did lots of drugs. I mean, you must have you must have <laughs> gone through so much drugs as a five year old to read to read Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Dude, it's, that's it crazy. was super hard. Imagine me reading the, the German book, but in the German book it's still Albus Dumbledore and Mrs. Dursley. And what about me, a Hermione? German kid, yeah. No, no, she's she's called Hermine, which is a German name in the in the German book. Uh interesting. Um so a lot of these these Harry Potter names, like more ancient uh, English names, work pretty good in German. But but titles like Mrs. Imagine oh, yeah. a, a five year old German kid. Mrstoslei. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, the Harry Potter characters and I was have asking, so many weird names too. And when I was when I was reading the the fourth book, I was asking my mom, "What is a teenager? Like a teenager?" Oh. <laughs> they said because, teenager in the German book? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Didn't expect um, that. And because it it for as a kid it could translate to like T is T. Yeah. And Naga is like what do you call it? Like like mice. Rodents, is that the term? Like rodents. Rodents, yeah. <laughs> T rodents. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh man, that's But crazy. the mean thing was that my mom was also a big Harry Potter fan, but she mm. had the big advantage that she already has learned um English to a proper level. Right. And the, the English books were always coming out way before the German books. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting for the German books while she has already read the book. And my mom to the day regarding books, um shows and movies is really bad at not um um spoiling you what do you mean like she's um you mention a show which you maybe intend to watch or a movie or a book you intend to read and she's like yeah i've read that it's where um at the end this and that happens and um but that was not that cool because of this character's (laughs) main goals etc and i was like mom i was <laughs> I, I wanted to read that book <laughs> man oh god that's 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 so funny mom, if you're listening i think this, this is the first time that i um 
have to say something uh, negative about you, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> this is something that can be hard. If it makes you feel any better, <laughs> Mrs. Batshida, this is the first negative thing he's ever said about you. <laughs> but you know what's so funny is my mom is great at not spoiling, and I, I love that she loves watching movies, and she watches all the movies. I mean, she has definitely seen... I don't know, 10,000 more movies than I will ever see before I'm gone. And I'm really impressed by it. She watches every movie, good or bad, and she always has an idea if she likes it or not. And she always gives me recommendations, and I try to do the same. I try to remember to think, have you seen this? And usually she's already seen it. So, But she never spoils anything. And the cool thing is, um, or the funny thing is that Ify's parents are the exact opposite. So they're they're closer to what your mom does, but they are way way worse in the way that uh let's say you suggest something like let's say you haven't seen forrest gump right yeah you say oh um have you guys seen that forrest gump movie i was thinking of checking that out well her dad would go like oh yeah forrest gump yeah you know that's a good movie you know there's this crazy scene in the beginning you know he's 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 a crippled right he's disabled and he's he's running away from these bullies and then all of a sudden he's running and these shackles come off and then he's just running really (laughs) fast and they're like run forrest run and he's running so fast and then you know what's really crazy is he gets older he goes in the military right and there's this awesome scene (laughs) where he's in the military he's in vietnam right so he has this friend, this 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 black guy named Bubba. So Bubba and him, they, they make this shrimp company, right? Because Bubba loves shrimp. And basically they go through Vietnam together. Well, Bubba doesn't make it, right? Forrest saves him. But that's a long story. The, the great the best scene is when he saves uh, you know, Lieutenant Dan. But Lieutenant Dan, see, he loses his legs. And that's so hard to see for <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. He's not happy about it. But later at the very end, he does get the titanium legs. You know, he gets does get his legs, but he gets married. Well, you know, Forrest does marry uh jenny and uh you know that's his longtime lover but she's who, a real bitch dude and then she had aids and then she died but they have a son together and it's like dude you have just told me scene for scene this entire thing sometimes i have to like he'll tell me about shows that i'm not gonna watch like he tells me about german shows that some of them are good like jerks i hear is a really great german show and he will tell me about scenes from jerks and i tell him like, he'll say something, it's great. And I'll say, yeah, you know, maybe I'll get around to it. I don't want to be rude and say, like, I'm not going to watch it. But sometimes he'll he'll say, oh, you should check out this show, Jerks. And I'll say, yeah, I've heard it. it's really good. And then he'll just tell me, like, scene for scene what happens in the whole... And I'm talking, like, thir- a 30-minute episode. He'll take 30 minutes telling me what happened. He'll tell me the yeah. dialogue. He'll tell me his no. favorite moments. It's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. It's such an old person thing to do. But I'm surprised that he he watched jerks. <laughs> he uh, honestly, I he does spoil things way too much. But I have to give him props where he deserves it, and that is, um, he will give everything a chance with a very open mind if you recommend it. And I love that. I love that. If I yeah. if if Ify and I saw a movie. Um, the only thing he doesn't watch is horror films. There, There's like five or six great horror films that are much deeper and more intellectual than just slasher movies, but he won't try those. He doesn't do that. But I don't know. For example, um, there's this amazing movie with Francis McDormand called Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri uh, with Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. It's a masterpiece. It's great. and so, But it's really intense and it has a lot of risky content. And we recommended that to him, and he watched it. He loved it. Ify likes jerks. Um, she's working on a show right now that's kind of the similar, like, dirty 
ideas and she recommended jerks to him he loved that and she recommended this uh this kumail nanjiani film uh the big sick which is another really amazing romantic movie Mm -hmm. and he loved that too like he really goes into everything with a very open mind and um i have to respect that but he does spoil it if you haven't seen (laughs) it he will tell you everything that happens Nah, that's bad. It's really crazy. But when you like, so yeah, you let's get back to the books. Yeah, I was gonna say. So you you you've got almost you're almost ten years under me, not quite, but almost. So there must have been like another wave of um, anthology books that followed you guys throughout school, right? Other than Harry Potter and Twilight and Game of Thrones, I guess. Yeah, um, Game of Thrones came kind of later for me. Yeah, same. Which was I didn't even check n- it out till the show came. Yeah, which wasn't even a bad thing because I I wouldn't rec- recommend it um if there's anyone listening who doesn't know Game of Thrones and probably has kids, um I wouldn't recommend Game of Thrones probably until the age of I would say 14 the books you mean? Yeah, because you still got to got to got to um you tend to forget that um like the books compared to to the the show are even more explicit regarding like sex um, topics and like violence and yeah it's really intense i mean the yeah. show is enough the show is already yeah i mean the show is basically like nc17 i mean it's really <laughs> insane how vulgar it is almost yeah but yeah it's a good storytelling up until um, that last season yeah but um but regarding kind of um like um book series that were more up to date because yeah basically the first so the Harry Potter I still had because I was so young I still had to wait for the last two books um for Harry Potter you mean yeah, yeah. but um but I was not I was not a a first row reader like um from when the the have I mean the 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 first book is nearly as old as I am um yeah, it's very but old what now. What was more kind of the um, state of the art regarding book series and this kind of um, in this uh, kind of sci-fi um, or fantasy, rather fantasy genre, was the uh, was Percy Jackson. Oh yeah, Percy Jackson. I remember that they turned that into a movie, but I didn't. I didn't see it. The movies they they did they uh, did it with the first two, and they. Uh, really sucked, but the books are great. Percy Jackson wasn't there another one too, like Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl was also great, yeah. But I got into Artemis Fowl because my dad was a huge fan. When did that one come out? Like two thousand tens? Let me check. There, yeah, there was Percy um, Jackson, Artemis Fowl, and there was the the Fantastic Beasts series, but that wasn't okay, like, was that a book too? Fantastic Beasts? No, that was just movie. Oh, the Artemis Fowl movie came out this summer, but it bombed. They had Colin um, Farrell in it. I you know I remember um, I remember the promo for it, and then yeah. and then I went to Prague on a weekend getaway before Christmas, and it was already playing on HBO. It was already like on TV release, which okay. not a great sign. So the books, there are not that that younger than Harry Potter. The first one came out in two thousand and one. Oh, okay. So that and the right, third the one, time. Artemis Fowl, the the Secret Code, um, earned the Deutsche Bücherpreis, German 
book price. Yeah. And worldwide, they sold 25 million copies and it was translated into 44 languages. So that Ooh. was also a huge success and a big thing. Did you have a book that you read as a as like a teenager or since you were reading Harry Potter at five, maybe you read this when you were eight years old, I don't know. But <laughs> did you have like a book that was like a huge turning point book for you? Like a book that wasn't necessarily part of an and necessarily part of an anthology but mm -hmm. a book that stood out to you that for some reason maybe you liked the cover or you heard something about it and you read it and no one else around you was reading it that you just got really really into yeah i got i really got i got to think about it because i got the issue that i i'm sure there's more than one but yeah there is more than one and I don't know how it came, but I was a, a heavy reader from a young age until I was, um, I don't know, 14 or 15. And for a few uh, years, um, my mom and me would go to to the library like every two or three weeks and I would grab three to five books and read them. Um, That's cool. But then in my teenage years, I, I don't know, I really had this... Maybe it's a, it's a it's a typical teenager thing. Yeah, you start I basically to push away stopped, from the stopped reading stuff. for like two years or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one book that really changed um, things for me that nobody else read. Huh? Do you already have one in mind? Yeah, there were two books. Yourself? Yeah, there were two, two books, books that I that I read that I didn't have any i didn't have any anyone else in my peer group who who was reading it or had read it from my school group like no uh, you know i had when i was in high school i had a friend who was basically 40 already and he, of course he knew this stuff he was my friend todd and of course he was cultured and he'd be he'd been around and stuff but uh, i also think my friend cody is very well read and really really intellectual guy and stuff but my my i was a bit younger than him and in my group of like my handful of high school friends that i did everything with uh besides cody they didn't really get into these books for me of course i think the classic for a lot of young men is the catcher in the rye um that book just i don't know man it just spoke to the me what? the catcher in the rye the catcher in the rye let me see if there's uh let me see what the german title is for that the Catcher in the Rye German title. Der Mann im Rogen. Ah, yeah, yeah. From J.D. Salinger. Yeah. Um, this was just a humongous turning point for me, this, this book. I think I read it when I was, I don't know, I want to say like 15. Just, at, you know, this really pivotal ages when you're rebelling against everything. And the book is from the perspective of kind of an angsty, lonesome teenager who hates people who put on a fake persona to get popular no. and doesn't get along with his teachers and has like romantic problems. And it was really, really, really cool book. Um, I think a lot of young men should read that book. It's really, really interesting. And then the other one was my first exposure to um, to a certain type of intellectual sci-fi I, I can't say that I ever got too far into th people like authors like H.P. Lovecraft, for example, who's like highly intellectual sci-fi. That's mm -hmm. maybe too too much for me. But man, 
One of my favorite books of all time is uh, Slaughterhouse-Five from Kurt Vonnegut. And you know, the the thing is, these two books are in the probably the top 25 like most popular American classics. Yeah. But so it doesn't make me feel like special or anything to have those two. I I just think that they fell into this window of my life at the at the most perfect moment. And Slaughterhouse Five, the the genius and the beauty behind this Kurt Vonnegut book is that it's basically someone taking place his life takes place based on the author's reality. So Kurt Vonnegut was in World War II and he was um shipped off to Dresden, Germany, uh, during the bombing. Mm-hmm. And he was in these bunkers underground, and he, and he talks so vividly about coming up underground after not knowing what was going on and, like, living in darkness, and then the whole city is just decimated, you know? And it's a beautiful, sad reality, but he mixes that truth. The character in the book lives that truth, but also combines it with how silly and chaotic and weird humanity is. I think he viewed war as such a weird, silly thing for us, like, species to do. Mm-hmm. And he, he uses that as a tool and speaks from different perspectives from, like, there's, like, there's aliens involved and stuff, but it's not religious or, or blasphemic or strange. It's, it actually all kind of works together beautifully of, you're kind of just looking at humanity the whole time, like, you're right, we're so weird. Why do we do these things? It really meant a lot to me. That book is really, really cool. I would recommend it. Okay. But I those, thought about it, and, and I found, I found um, one or two, maybe three. Okay, hit me. Like, one that really um, was a game changer for me, because I read it at the perfect moment, because, um, I don't know, when I was 13 or 14, I really started, and that was that was something that um, uh, <laughs> I know. I had a, a lot of trouble through regarding um, my performance quotation marks in school, etc. Yeah, um, because I basically really started questioning everything. And there, um, there is this this book by. Um, it's a she's a Danish author. Her name is let me let me check that. Jantella. 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 And the, the, the books is called Nothing. The title of the book is Nothing. Is nothing. Nothing. In, in German it's nichts was nichts was im Leben wichtig ist. So basically nothing. Um so oh, there's nothing oh, that's oh. important in life. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to make something clear. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I know that I heard that wrong. It sounded like Jantella was like one name, like Cher. Oh, okay. okay. But it's like Jana Teller. Yeah, exactly. Jana Teller. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that was like Jantella. <laughs> Jantella. I, 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 I'd have an ice cream like uh, Stracciatella and Jantella. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I was about to type it and was like, oh, Jana Teller. Oh, Jana. Okay. That's no. cool. Oh, this looks, oh, this looks cool. Um, and it's it basically starts as far as I remember it. There's um, the protagonist is a boy, like he was round about the same age I was at the time, um, and he mm-hmm. now already have been a little bit older, but it doesn't matter. And and he leaves his his school class at one day with the words, "There's no meaning at all." 
and really gets into this his own world and tunnel and questions everything and he's like okay um like kind of the a similar storytelling that you um gave me um like um learning in school doesn't lead where i where i want to go um no um romantic relationships do not work all of this stuff yeah. um what do i what do i live for basically and it starts pretty sweet because his classmates try to um try to kind of bring him back on track mm -hmm. and they they build um kind of a hill out of stuff that um should show him that he's loved and that um he's cared about and stuff he he used to like etc yeah um but at some point um it turns out in a pretty dystopic way and um it gets pretty rough but it's a great book it's a great book and and it it, it is this one book probably because i i read it it was the perfect timing for me because i i um was at the same point and was questioning so much um and yeah and it it did something with me and there's there's more books like like this um one that more people i think especially in germany know is called die welle the wave oh i've heard about that there is also a german movie um and that one's older it's it came out in the in the 80s already <clears throat> and it's also about a um Uh, so it's based on a on a on a real story that um, that a, a teacher in the USA did an experiment with a class of his, um, but it 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 takes place in Germany, and they in 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 a history class they they talk about um, the NS time, the Holocaust, the Nazi regime, yeah, and um, at some point they they get they they get to a point where where the kids say, yeah, um, we could never be manipulated that way the German people has been to make this all happen. And then the teacher um, starts to manipulate them. Right. And it, um, <laughs> and it worked. Mm. And a that lot of shit started cool. to get going, but it's, um, I don't remember the movie that good but i think it didn't suck totally but the book is great <laughs> i think it didn't suck totally <laughs> yeah and this those looks, are oh this looks really cool those are two i remember mm, there's also one um that is yeah that that's basic the basic answer because it's also also i just um saw a few weeks ago the most sold book um of the 2010s in germany um it's called chick There's also a movie about it. I've never seen the movie. Spell it. Um, T S C H I C K. Ah, and it's, it's called and, "Why We Took the Car." Yeah, in English, it's about it's about um, two boys from with very different uh, social backgrounds, and um, at some point they they flee with an old Russian car. And um, yeah, also about those many of those black big questions for um, for young people. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, yeah, those sort oh, of things. Oh, they adapted it into Goodbye Berlin. Yeah? Oh, Do you know that? I remember this in 2016, Goodbye Berlin. Yes, yeah, this was a comedy drama. Right. Directed by Faith Akin, based on Wolfgang Handorf's best-selling book. The film depicts two teenage outsiders from Berlin who steal a car and go on an eccentric road trip through eastern Germany during the summer holidays. Right. Oh, they actually have the German film Chick also. No. That one is great. Right. Yeah, and I... Yeah, there were a a lot of... um, yeah, I, I, I've I've read a lot of a lot of um, books like that, um, but I don't remember that many because there, there has really been a lot. And I've all, all because I started basically reading with with um, fantasy anthologies. So that was the thing: The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, right? Lord of the Rings, yeah, <sighs> all of this stuff. Um, and there's that, also yeah. one from a from a German author, um, where I as a kid. For my first time, without knowing it, experienced something like uh, toxic masculinity, because I've al- always um, been told by my peer group that this is a book for girls, but it's just a great story. It's oh, okay. called, um, and it has also been translated into English, and I guess it's al- also been kind of a little success in English. It's called Tintenherz Inkheart. Inkheart. It's about um, a father and his, I don't know, ten or twelve year old daughter. And um, the mother of the daughter basically has died or she's told that she has at some point has gone to uh, on an adventure and never returned. Okay. And the father, who's also called Mo, <laughs> but his full name is Mortimer, um, ah, okay. is um, he has a gift. And the gift is that when he starts to write the the things he describes come alive. Oh, that's cool. And it it opens up a little bit like a little bit like Narnia probably, but it yeah. opens up this huge world. And it turns out, if I remember it right, um at some point that the the matter is lost in that world, etc. Great story as well. Man, that just reminded me like chronic the Chronicles of Narnia and Lord of the Rings were these anthologies that were like hit or miss for certain yeah. people. I did not get into the Chronicles of Narnia. I remember it being around, and of course, I remember the movies. But for me, I was much more into Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you Lord were too, Rings though, right? Thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, you know, it was really cool. I think my the first copy of the Fellowship that I read was my dad's copy. Or at least it, I think it was. It was this very, very old copy of the book. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty certain that it was his copy from when he was younger. We just had these old books. Um, it could have been something that he bought, you know, later on, but it wasn't. I didn't go out and buy it new. I remember that we had it, mm. and it was just these really small, like not very well decorated, like sort of blank white little pocket books. Just these very small. I mean, still plenty to read. The Hobbit was the smallest, but still like plenty to read. But it just, I remember it being very small and white and just had the title on it. 
But did you did you read it split in three books, just like the movies? Because I read it split into the original six books. Oh no, it wasn't so six it was, for me. It, it was it was tinier books. <laughs> oh okay. Oh, well, I had I definitely had the Hobbit, and then and the next. Uh, so it was Hobbit Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was what I had. So originally it was six books. Um, as far as I know, and my my um, my father had this kind of like what do you call it? These boxes for for like book that books that you buy, like anthologies that you buy in a collection, basically. Oh right, which yeah. have um, kind of a kind of a, a, a common layout and stuff, and it was beautiful, made and and. Um, like the the cover art was was awesome and it but it was uh like this box with seven books so basically the hobbit and lord of the ring split into six okay crazy yeah i used to love i used to love that so much but that, that yeah. was also kind of a book or if i'm thinking about it as just like the hobbit for example it was that was another one of those books that i was reading at a time when I felt that no one else was reading them. You know, I think the big, the big buzz of it. Yeah. Well, you know, I must have read it the same time that the first film came out. I think that was what, 2001 or something. Yeah. Some, yeah. So yeah, it must've been around the time I was like 11 years old. So I must've read it. I must've read it then. And then, yeah. And then the other movies came out with it. So, but I think at my school, they just weren't so buzzed about, reading it they were just excited for the films and for some yeah. reason harry potter was more like the book craze yeah yeah probably because because laws of the rings the movies are still this huge benchmark i mean you can watch Man. the movies in 2021 and you can see so many other movies from the 90s and early 2000s and you really see that the special effects and um yeah everything animated looks like the 90s and 2000s yeah. but a lot of the rings to the to the day still just looks awesome <laughs> oh man all the practical makeup on yeah. the works and stuff just it's just so so compelling it's so yeah. great man have you ever had like a session where you really sat down and watched all of the extended cut versions you did yes that's like 14 hours man yes <laughs> um i wow. i just watched with um um like tony and i we have this this one friend we we see regularly during corona like our one like they call it in in um in the netherlands our knuffel contact <laughs> um and we just last week because he comes over once a week and we make kind of a, a movie night which is great for me because this is one of the positive things in this crisis because um, we often talk about films, and I yeah. realize that there's so many stuff I haven't seen, and I'm I'm not really a film guy, but I I start to to watch movies more more actively, and 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 um, not just for I don't know entertainment after work or something, and yeah. that is great. But the last week we just were in the mood for for Lord of the Rings again, and we we watched the Fellowship, obviously extended um, once again, and we <laughs> talked about those marathons, and he said that he has been with a friend in a marathon a few years ago after all the three hobbits came out where in a cinema where they played 
all of the three Hobbit movies extended, plus the three extended Lord of the Rings afterwards. Like the, the Hobbit ones that came after. They played the three Hobbit movies. Extended oh, and version. then they played the original Lord of the Rings yeah, extended. But all oh, in, wow. in, in one marathon. <laughs> Was that like 24 hours long or something? Uh, it must have been, basically. But the, oh the I, I mean, the, the, the Hobbit movies for me are still a, a capitalistic audacity. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's 300. I was so disappointed with that. It is 300 pages of a, of a child's book. And you make basically like in the in the in the cinema cut version, you make nine hours of action movie out of it. <laughs> I, there was nothing I hated more. You know, there's there's no. a few things with with sequels or like re adaptations and stuff that I I just refuse to watch. Basically, I saw the first Hobbit one come out, and my first thought was. I'm going to hate this. I'm so disappointed. I can't believe they would redo this. I can tell from the trailer that the animation and CGI doesn't doesn't look as good as the older ones because they just went cheaper. They did first off, they did 48 frames per second. I think yeah. it was 48. And so everything looks kind of sped up and weird and hyper HD and there's kind of a rule there's kind of an, uh, a rule about about film structure and there's a certain am- amount of given time that you should wait from the beginning of the film to what they call the inciting incident, which is yeah. the moment in the film where, and it's also with, with books, but it's, it, it's the moment in a story where the, the protagonist that we're following begins the big journey. Yeah. And usually, this doesn't apply to all films. Of course, this doesn't apply to everything. But let's say, for example, for those who, who don't know this concept, let's, let's look at like an, a classic 90-minute comedy movie. You have a guy who's down on his luck. Uh, he's getting fired. Uh, his girlfriend just broke up with him. There's something that's supposed to happen, right? He's supposed to meet someone. No. Like a, let's say he meets a genie or something uh, when he falls down a well, you know, whatever. This moment where he meets the genie and begins his journey is supposed to be around the 15 to 20 minute mark. Yeah. And at latest. At the yeah, that's like that's like around the around the time. And that's of course just for those standard 90 minute films, but Lord of the Rings of course these these longer epic fantasies that are based on books can be can be different, but there's still some rules to play along with. Yeah. And in the original Lord of the Rings, especially in Fellowship, they kind of play by these rules. There's, it's not exactly 15 or 20 minutes, but everything feels like it's really structured and set up perfectly. You know that right now, Frodo's going to go. And it feels right. Yeah. And they did a great job there regarding it's based on the, the Tolkien books because Tolkien is a guy who has absolutely no problem um, about writing probably like 100 pages just about a green, beautiful field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, he can take his time, but yeah. but people in the cinema won't take their time. And uh, what I really hated, like, I remember I, I I went to a friend's house in New Orleans and they put The Hobbit on, maybe it was already out on DVD or something, I don't remember. No. But they put it on their TV, basically. And I said to myself, okay, we're here, we're hanging out, The Hobbit is in, Let's let's give it a shot, you know, let's give it a shot. And they put it in, and I remember to this day, 
that it was approximately 43 or 44 minutes until Bilbo leaves his house. No. Dude, 40, 40 minutes before he does anything. And the, the first movie is still the best. Out of it's crazy, man. <laughs> they, there's just like ten minute long songs with these yeah. elves and 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 dwarfs. The dwarfs all singing, and uh, it's so boring. It's so boring, <laughs> dude. <sighs> yeah, go on. Sorry, I was just gonna say that's the same yeah. reason that I won't watch the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the fourth yeah. Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I just know it will be bad, and I can't scorn my perfect affiliation with the original trilogy. Yeah, the, the 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 title of the third Hobbit movie is I don't know if translated right. I I mainly know the German title, but like the the fight of the five armies, something <laughs> like was, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Battle of the, the five armies. Yeah, exactly. And in the book, this the story about that, like when they they have um, beaten the dragon, and the orcs come around the corner, and the elves etc. And there's this fight. And Bilbo gets knocked out. That in the, in this book, with which which is a still a child's book, um, it's like ten pages or something, and they made a two hour thirty blockbuster out of it. <laughs> but regarding the Hobbit, there's one funny Crazy. thing I've read uh, last week on Twitter, um, and the guy was asking, "I wonder if Martin Freeman could ever play a role where he's not a guy, where he's not a grumpy guy." Um, who gets into a crazy adventure against his will <laughs> because he played the <laughs> Hobbit. <laughs> he, he played Dr. Watson in Sherlock. Fargo he, season Fargo, one. Fargo season one. And he played the guy in, what's the name? The Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. Yeah. Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy. That's so true. Did you read that book? <laughs> no. No, I didn't know anything about that. And I went to see that film in the cinema in Corinth, Mississippi with my brother mm-hmm. when it came out. I had no idea what it was and it came on the screen and I was so bummed out because I <laughs> didn't get the humor. I didn't get it. And and it took me so many years later to understand what the whole thing no. is about. But I but just th- hated it. And I was like, why yeah. are these dolphins talking? I, I yeah, didn't get th- it. I mean, the, the movie. The movie's not that bad, but I think you've got to read. Maybe not not the whole thing because the book is pretty thick and has um, too many sequels. <laughs> but but I should um, give it another chance for sure. But you should give it another chance until a certain point to get this Douglas Adams kind of humor. Yeah, yeah. I think I was too young. I mean, when no. did it come out? Like two thousand four or something. I must have been. It must have been yeah. like a young teenager when it came out. But yeah, it was so wild. Yeah. But another classic Martin Freeman role. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I completely forgot that was him. Like there no. was years where I just didn't know that was him at all. And in the meantime, while we talked about uh, <laughs> the Hobbit movies, I remembered one uh, more book that was not part of an anthology um, and was great and kind of was a, a game changer for myself. And it's called, um, I'm not sure if it has ever been a thing overseas, but it, uh, it's called Erebos, or Erebos, you would say in English probably. How do you, how do you spell that? E-R-E-B-O-S. Um, E-R-E? German or Austrian B-O-S. author, I'm not sure. Um, I would say like Erebos. Yeah, Erebos <laughs> is basically the 
ähm, the name of the, the Greek God of the Darkness. Um, but it's, 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 um, it's no, fa or it's somehow fantasy because basically, um, sorry, it's a German or Austrian author, but it plays in England at an English high school. Again, a mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, teenage guy. And, uh, someday at school, he, this, um, what do you call it? This, the moment, the, the changing incident, what, what's the English term for it? For for what? What we just talked about. The moment where the journey's got a... Oh, the inciting journey. incident. The inciting incident is that he realizes that um, his 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 schoolmates, um, there's some form of, of dealing going on. Like little brown paper packages are given around. And he thinks about drugs or whatever it could be. And it turns out that it is a computer game on discs that people get. And at some point, he uh, also gets it. And it's a a fantasy game, pretty much like World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. um, and he starts the game, and there's this kind of guide. So this this um, this character in the game, which you have in many games, like this, <laughs> like the Luigi, basically. Right. <laughs> um, but he gives people, he gives um, the players quests. But the thing is. Those are quests. It's it's a little bit about artificial intelligence. Um, there are at some point you start and the game is pretty addictive, and at some point the uh, character guy uh, character guide gives you quests um, for real life, and it gets pretty evil at some point. Well, that's a cool premise. Now, it's a great book. Did you ever get into this? This I just looked it up because the the name of that book, Erebos, reminded me of Aragon, the dragon. Yeah, sure. Book. You read that? Sure. Tell and regarding young, have you not read? Have you never read it? I I remember when that came out. It was like the it was like two thousand two or something. It was like prime Harry Potter, okay, Twilight era, whatever. And I, I remember thinking like maybe Twilight was later, but still, it was. I just thought like, oh, they're just ripping off Harry Potter with some dragon crap, and I didn't read it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so first of all, never watch the movie. It's so, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, funny thing about me being a, a pretty young uh, reader, the author of um, Aragon, Christopher Paolini, was 15 when he uh, wrote the first book. You're kidding. And it was already a big success. Wow, that was a huge success, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, wow. it's John Malkovich was in this movie. Oh, man. Yeah, but that doesn't make it better. <laughs> oh, man, this is bad. <laughs> um, yeah, and the, the protagonist is called Aragon, and he's also, I think he's also 15. Oh, that's um, not the name of the dragon. No, the, the name of the dragon uh, is, oh, damn, what's the name? Safira, something like that. Okay. Safira, uh, Samira or Safira, Safira. Um, I think it's Safira. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so it's a fantasy world basically, and Aragon, um, again, his mother disappears, <laughs> just like an Inkheart, and um, I don't know. He lives with. Wow, it's so it's it's such a was such a long time ago when I read this. He lives with some form of um 
relative could be his uncle or his cousin or whatever on a little on a little um farm and at some point he finds this this he thinks a blue stone but it's a dragon egg oh, okay and um there is like in star and then he becomes to he becomes a what do you call it a dragon knight that makes probably. sense yeah like there's there's a title for people who who ride dragons <laughs> basically okay. in this world and it's a little bit of a it could it, it ha- I, th- I still think to the day that it has um stolen a little bit of the plot of star wars because so <laughs> there's a, a lot of other stuff going on but the basic idea is if i remember it right there's this cult about these dragon knights just like the jedi yeah and there has once been um like one fallen jedi who's the antagonist ah okay and okay. as far as i remember it um at some point there's uh, there's magicians every form of wizardry and they got to fight the evil the, the evil guy like classical um heroic epos but mm-hmm. um great great riding on the plot t- to the to the way there okay um yeah, that was a huge success and i really liked it i saw that everywhere but i just didn't i don't know i just didn't find it interesting somehow yeah i didn't ask questions about it i just saw the dragon and thought eh, but yeah the know. guy was 15 when he wrote it that's really that's unbelievable he's that's that's insane man no 15 years old to have that kind of concept of story is really impressive i was just thinking earlier because you mentioned star wars sometimes it really blows my mind that the phantom menace came out in 1999 that was so long ago that was so long ago the Phantom Menace. Which one? What? Episode dude, I, one. Yeah, dude, I really struggled with the English title. Sorry. No, yeah. no worries. Episode one. Yeah, yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. I just recently dude. found it on on VHS at at my parents' house. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. And Man, yeah, it's so unbelievable. That was so long ago, and for some reason, still in my mind, like every time I think of the Phantom Menace. I think, oh, that must have been like 2007, 2008. But of course it wasn't. I mean, the whole trilogy was done by then and they were planning for the remakes from J.J. Abrams by then already. No. I mean, that's just, that's just really crazy. I remember when I was younger, The Phantom Menace had already come out. Maybe they were planning for the um, Attack of the Clones, the, the episode two. No. And I remember being in my house as a kid in Corinth, Mississippi, and seeing a special on television, it was like some sort of, you know, entertainment evening news segment about Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. I forgot the character's name that he plays in the Star Wars prequels. Uh, Master Windu. That's right. Mace Windu. Mace Windu. And um, I remember that they were talking about his achievements in cinema, like how how many movies he had been in. Yeah. And, oh, man, I think they said by that point that he had already been... No, that can't be true. I must have a timeline wrong because 
Maybe they were promoting something else he was doing. But they were talking, yeah, there must have been something later because they were talking about the Phantom Menace and then they also mentioned Deep Blue Sea Mm -hmm. and they were saying that he had already been in over 100 movies. That's crazy. But that's that was definitely, definitely, definitely before 2010. And now it's been, <laughs> it's been at least 11 years more. No. He's been in so many movies, <laughs> man. Oh, man, it's going to be a really sad day, the day that we lose Samuel L. Jackson. Such yeah, sure. a legend, dude. Sure, man. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, just, to, just to slightly branch into movies but a little bit again. One last Star Wars question. Have you ever yeah. seen um, the, the original trilogy, original version, so, so without any form of remakes on anything? Yeah, I saw them one time. One time. Because we that, had, that's we had how to search I got for to, them. Got to got introduced to it because uh, my parents had this kind of, again, VHS collector's box of episode four, five, and six. But it really was the the original version, and you would still like in the the the, the um, cantina scene with all these creatures and the band. You would s- still see, or the the Jabba scenes or whatever. You would still see the the strings of the of the the actual puppets they shot the movie with. Oh man, I don't scenes. remember that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, seventeen science fiction. I think it's so ridiculous that he decided to go back. What what was it like early nineties, right? Like ninety four or five before before they did the prequels. So he went back and like digitally, yeah. Like what goes through someone's mind to say, okay, I've created a, a legacy that will by far outlast my own life and my own grandchildren's life. I've created a legacy and a fortune that will sustain, like. Pop popular culture and has spawned, you know, fan fiction and inspired people. You know, some people probably probably saved their lives. Like some suicidal kid watches Star Wars and decides to keep living. You know, and to do all this extremely lucky and important uh, work, and then decide to go back and alter it like twenty years later because you wanna. Yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy to me. It but just is what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, but I th- I think that it's it's still they still made a great job because I think it was because they knew they there would be coming this new trilogy, um, and I think they just were working on making it uh like a like a full time experience so that you could watch the old trilogy plus the new one without those obvious like differences, the big gaps. Yeah. And That's true. I've, I've That's heard true. an interesting take about that on, I think it was that podcast because one of the, 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 the very first podcasts I listened to, like in 2013, 14 or something. <laughs> so at the time when you would just, or at least for myself, you would listen to like two or three podcasts you would casually find on iTunes. Yeah. And there already was this one German Star Wars nerd podcast i think it was called it's i think they i'm not sure if they still do it it was called antenna alderan <laughs> and they once had a um had a take about what would have happened to star wars legacy if they would not have continued it in the 90s oh what did they say yeah because as far as i remember 
Um, an interesting question. There already has been kind of a, a phase after the release of the first trilogy. And I'm not sure historically if it was immediately after they were released or like um, five years later or so where it wasn't that popular. Mm. Like, um, like people who were interested in film would really appreciate like this big move to do such a movie but um there was not this this huge fan base right um and that somehow the stake was that um that the idea in the 90s was okay we can it definitely is worth to to pimp these old movies because the ideas are so great if we take this to the to the digital age and also bring out original new movies um like the prequel trilogy we can make this um <laughs> like a like um, reintroduce it to a new audience exactly of. we can we can catch a whole new generation and um right. and and basically build the legacy out of that I mean, it was definitely a, like whether or not people love or hate the prequels, no. which there is a lot of interesting theory about um, your love or hate for the prequels being based on your age, which is kind of an interesting thought. Yeah. Like we grew up with the, with the new trilogy. Exactly. I really don't hate them at all. And there's a lot of people that do. But yeah. And on that podcast, what they say, they, uh, one guy, his take was he compared it to, um, he said, um, if it, if they have not would have not done the the new trilogy and the remake of the old trilogy he doesn't think the old trilogy and like the legacy of it wouldn't ha would not have become something bigger than probably like the the matrix trilogy still great movies in the great trilogy okay matrix in the third one i don't like it that much but i sure. think but yeah, still, sure. like this trilogy, and for this, <clears throat> for one decade, it's this iconic state of the art trilogy, but not this um, this huge hype over generations that creates so much buzz around it and um, grows a, a, a fan base of billions of people. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So yeah, yeah. Um, but I can also not understand the the hate of the the new trilogy like now there's even a newer trilogy like seven eight nine and i can and now i'm the guy who hates this trilogy basically yeah yeah i don't like that trilogy at all the only thing i like is adam driver but just because i like him but i don't like the story yeah. i don't like the storytelling at all no i like oscar isaac great yeah. actor yeah, the only uh, there's the some only... movies I there's some movies with him that I'm not so jazzed about, yeah. but I think he's good in Star Wars. Yeah, um, and I don't hate it because I don't know. I'm a I'm a conservative Star Wars fan who said, okay, enough is enough. The story's told, right, right? But I think there has there would have been so many because that's what the Mandalorian is showing right now. I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Mandalorian. I still have to start that. Oh my god. Oh. Um, you, 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 it takes you one or two or three episodes to get into it, to this kind of new storytelling, this more relaxed storytelling, like there's not, um, coming a stormtrooper around the corner every, um, 90 seconds. 
right right <laughs> um to shoot um anywhere but not not on 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 his opponent but it's right, a more right. relaxed way a poorly but, aimed storm yeah exactly <laughs> um and that's what i see with the with the newest trilogy like there 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 would be the potentials for great stories but instead they um they made money out of out of old testimonials yeah basically yeah like the only good really new movie in my mind uh, or in my opinion that came out was um rogue one i really liked that one i've heard great things about rogue one but i didn't see that you didn't, I see, didn't it? see it i know it's so oh, we it's gotta so watch shameful. that one yeah i would watch it with you i i i i never thought you could you could make a good movie that um that connects episodes one to three with the old trilogy mm-hmm. because it's plays in between oh okay. especially when you do it right now but it's 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 a good one. It's a pretty pretty good one. I really liked it. So Rogue One takes place between the prequels. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. And what about Solo? Did you watch Solo? No, I didn't watch that. I I watched like the first ten minutes and then I fell asleep. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we should try. We should try and do like a Rogue One Solo night, like a Star yeah. Wars night. Um. But with that, my friend, I think I have to call it. Yeah, that's all right for you. Easy, easy. We ha- we we're talking about so many books and movies. It's been a great episode. It's been one of my favorites yeah. in a while. And like, I would I like love to- talking about pop culture. Yeah, and I would uh, like to to ask people, probably from from with this, with similar backgrounds to ours, but even more f- um, with um, rather um, backgrounds from from totally other cultures. Um, you could hit us up on Instagram or write us an email. We'll <laughs> name the address in a second. And tell us uh, your stories about what books were the the hot shit in your generation, in your um, cultural group growing up, etc. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and tell them where they can write us about it. Yes, you can DM us on Instagram at artsyfartsimmigrants, or you can send us an old-fashioned email to podcast at m945.de. That's right. And thank you guys so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to wherever you're listening to the show, perhaps on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating or a review or a comment, or just share it to a friend. It really helps us. It really helps uh, new listeners find shows like this. So if you enjoy it, spread the word, my friends. May the force be with you. Uh, also, if you want to support our show, you can go to patreon.com slash jordanprince and there for as low as $3 a month or even a one-time payment, You can send Mo and myself uh, a little cash on the side. We can use that to save up for new equipment, maybe use that for more video content, and hopefully down the road, some merchandising. But my friends, it's been an amazing episode. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week in the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. (laughs) That's right. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.